your worship team this evening. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and go to John, the fifth chapter. John, the fifth chapter. And uh, as you're turning there, let me give you a couple of quick announcements. Please keep in prayer the Hargrave family. Uh, Glenn went home to be with the Lord just two nights ago. His service is going to be Saturday uh, at 11 here at the church. And uh, the visitation is going to be at 10 here at the church just prior to the service. And so uh, for those of you that are attending, the graveside is going to be at uh, Connor Cemetery in Dyke, Texas at 2 p.m. Uh, we're going to dismiss Saturday morning prayer. Um, Haley Braley is getting to come home. Praise God. We, we thank God for that. Um, Larry is here, and, and if Clint's here after church, if you would like to go out, she is in need of a well, uh, wheelchair ramp in her house. And the guys who got together, they're going to go out Saturday, and uh, I have the address. You can, get the, uh, uh, you can get the information from Larry tonight as well. Larry will be back there by the exit, and he'll, he can help guide and let you know what's going on on Saturday. Also Sunday, uh, the Flourish Women's Ministry Bake Sale. Uh, we're excited about that. Uh, that's going to be after, uh, before, during, and after church. So uh, <laughs> just, yeah, if you get a little extra, just swing by. I'll, uh, I'll help you with it. Also, uh, the on-ramp. If you're interested in, in ministry at Crossroads or just get to know more about Crossroads, Sunday afternoon from 3 to 5, uh, we're going to be hosting on-ramp, and that's going to be over next door. And that is our leadership training that is also to help uh, to facilitate your gifts and callings. Um, and so if you're interested or you just want to understand more about what's going on, that'll be uh, Sunday afternoon from 3 to 5. There will not be child care provided during that time. So I want you to look here in John, John the fifth chapter. I so appreciated uh, uh, Dennis's message last week. appreciated uh, Randall's message uh, a week ago Sunday. Uh, I tell you, God is doing great things in this house. Amen? Amen. He's doing great things in this house. I want to look here. I titled this message tonight, and I just, just some, some things begin to come out of this, uh, this passage here. The Lord just began to speak to me uh, just during my devotion time. And so I was looking here at John 5, and as we go there, uh, I titled this Walking Whole. Not walking with a big hole, walking whole. I think too often we walk around with a big hole in our heart, but I believe the Lord wants us to be whole. I believe that's the intent of the Lord Jesus Christ, to bring us in, uh, back into the likeness of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As I've told you repeatedly, and I, I believe if we get it down in our spirit, it'll start changing us. Jesus is not the example for us. He is the example of us. That doesn't bring Christ down. What it does is it brings us up to where we should be in fellowship. How can, walk, how can two walk together unless they agreed? And so uh, tonight I want to talk to you about, uh, here about walking whole. Let's look here in John, the fifth chapter. I want to read down to the 11th verse. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda. The house, the Bethesda means the house of loving kindness, having five porches. In these lay great multitude, notice this, in these lay great multitude of sick people, 
blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And when whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? That word well is also translated whole. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, Who was cured? It is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, Who who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. And then they answered him, Who is the man who said, Take up your bed and walk? And we see here a story of Jesus of, of a no-name man, though that we're going to meet him one day. And we're going to hear him tell the story face to face. If you're a child of God, aren't you excited about the, our home going one day? That we're going to make it over on the other side. And, and when the Lord says our time is complete here. And, and I do believe that we will be the generation that sees the, uh, the coming of the Son of God. I do believe that Jesus, we will hear the trump sound. Well, I do believe that we'll fix our eyes on the graveyard. And we're going to be caught up in the, in the air with him. Amen? We're going to be able to sit down and talk to Peter and Paul and James and John. And, and we're going to be able to sit down and talk to this man who, whose name is not given to us. And say, what was it like that day when Jesus came walking by the pool there? And all that crowd was around the pool. But you were chosen that day. We see you get up and begin to walk. Tell us what it was like. It's going to be an amazing time as we share and gather the information hand, firsthand as we talk to individuals who've experienced this. Now, I want you to see here a pool there at Bethesda. Bethesda means the house of loving kindness. And it had five porches. And in the shade of those five porches, there people would bring those who were lame, those who were blind, those who were paralyzed, and they were set under that shade. Now you read in the Word of God that an angel had come down and stirred the water, and the first one that jumped in, then he was made whole, or she was made whole. Now let me tell you, that's a myth and a legend. It's not what actually happened. How do I know that? Because that doesn't align with the character of God. Some of you don't believe that. Well, it's written in there. It's got to be true. No, it is included in there so we can understand the context of, of what's going on. So they're, they're there. And because, let me ask you this. Did Jesus come and just to save one? He, he came to save everyone. Did, do you see anywhere in the Word of God that God's character changes from the Old Testament to the New Testament? In fact, when Jesus said, and I heard it said uh, here of late, uh, that Jesus said, I only do what the Father shows me. 
What was he referring to? What happened in the Old Covenant? He, he healed people, raised the dead. This thing going to go in and out. Am I in the dead zone? Let me get out of the dead zone. So what we see here in the Word of God as we look at this, what we begin to discover is that this is a myth and it's not, it's a legend that was surrounding this pool. Could someone have actually gotten healed? Possibly. But what we see here is not the character of God, which is not, what is not the character of God is that there would be a foot race to healing. Okay? Are you, are you seeing more the, 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 the story here? That an angel would come down and maybe you have to, if the blind people would be at a sure disadvantage, would they not? Because you couldn't see the angel. Maybe they had to perceive with their other senses. But eventually the angel would come down and stir the water. And now persons who were lame, the first one and the only one that was first could be healed. you got a problem. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a problem with that because it doesn't align to the character of God. You hear a lot of things about God, but you need to know who God is. Amen? You need to know the character of the Lord. And when somebody says something about the one that you know, you can say, no, you have wrong information because my God is good. My God is good. In fact, if there's anything good, it's come from him. If there's anything good, I received it from him because my God is good. He is a good God. So as we look here, we see the pool, the water was being stirred. And so there were all these people that were gathered around sitting in the porches, and they had to get there day in and day out. And here is Jesus as he comes in, and he walks in, and he perceives this man sitting there. And he knows he's been there a long time. He knows that this is part of his daily ritual, his daily routine. He's been there for 38. He's been in this condition for 38 years. Now, anytime we see in the Word of God, we see the overlapping and the correlation of the Word that there is a message and there's a message beyond the message. Amen? So what we see in that is that Israel wandered in the wilderness for how many years? 38 years. 38 years. I know we round up, but it's 38 years. And then they begin to conquer the, the sides on the, on, the, on the other side of Manasseh and Ephraim, all of them begin to, and then they crossed over into the, into the land of promise. But in essence, it was 38 years. So this man is a portrait of humanity as they're getting ready to walk into the place of promise. So what we see is that this man being at the, at the pool, there was a question that was asked of him. It's the same question the Lord is asking of you individually. He is asking this of you right now in your situation. He's asking this of you right now in your present state of mind, your present physical state. He is asking this, will you be made whole? Whole. Could you imagine with me, if you will, what wholeness would look like? What wholeness would, would look like in your life? Not looking for answers that you can't find, not looking to, to work up and build up to be good enough to get what God has in store for you. Could you imagine for a moment uh, beyond the wellness of your mind, the wellness of your body, but oh my God, I'm striving for something more. I want to be whole. 
wholly committed to the Lord. The Lord wholly has committed himself to me. I want to walk in wellness. I want to walk in health. But more than that, I want to be whole. Now, I want you to see here, as he's asking him this question, in order for you and I, just drawing from this passage alone, do you want to be made well? Now, in the Greek, this doesn't mean something's going to happen in a future sense. It's right now being healed. Do you want to be whole now? Right now. So Jesus was asking the man with the infirmity if he was ready to abandon how he saw himself and receive his healing. Now, I wish I wrote that and smart enough to write that, but I actually drew that from, from some study. But then in the Greek sense and what, the, what he was asking him in that moment is can you and will you abandon the vision of your old self? Number one, if you're taking notes, walking in wholeness, I have to abandon the vision of my old man. I have to discard and get, I've got to be willing to not look at myself the way I have looked at myself. I've got to now put on new set of eyewear. I've got to see myself through God's eyes. I've got to view myself not as a victim, but I am victorious. Can you see yourself victorious? Can you see yourself not worrying about everything that comes into your life? Can you see yourself with joy in your heart? I believe it starts, folks, with vision. But in order to have God's vision, I've got to abandon my vision. I've got to abandon the vision of the old person. Of the person that, I, that, that I've been told that I was. I've been told things about me that God didn't say about me. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But as we look here to the word of the Lord, can I, can I see myself whole? Can I see myself healed? Can I see, I'm asking you to ask these questions. It's not just about me, it's about you. Amen? Now, I'm the first partaker of the fruit, but we look here in the Word of God. When we ask these questions, we're asking it of ourselves. Can I see myself happy? Can I, can I see myself not worrying? Now, we grew up in a home that we were, if there were degrees, we would be doctorates, doctors in worry in the category. We were well-studied. We learned from an early age. We worried about everything. We worried about the bill collectors. We worried about the lights coming on, the lights going off. We worried about it all. Why? Because we were carrying the weight of that burden. I want to say to you again, worry is a colossal waste of time. Instead of worrying, we need to convert that to worship. And we will get far better results than the worry. 
But worry, when you find yourself, when we all find ourselves in these places where the stress and the anxiety and the, and the pressures of life begin to settle upon us and we get into those states of mind, we got to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm going to take this opportunity just to worship. I'm just going to take this opportunity just to call out the goodness of the Lord. I'm just going to take this, just, just hold on, hold on, hold on, circumstance. I, 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 I need just a minute. I just need a minute to get my worship back on. I, 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 maybe I need to call Elijah and say, Elijah, just strum that tune one more time. I've been walking around singing songs of the worship team's been playing here of late, and I just begin to worship the Lord. And if I just begin to magnify the Lord, all of a sudden the problem doesn't look so big. Oh, wait a minute. Can I see myself happy? Can I see it? Then I got abandoned. I don't know about you, but there was a time in the church where we came against all of the positive thinking. Do you remember those times? That it's just human ascent? Let me tell you this. I believe children of God are positive. Amen? I believe we should have an outlook that's beyond the, the outlook. I think we should be at a place where it's not gloom, despair, and all the agony on me all the time. I believe it's, folks, it's time that we need to have joy in the midst of the suffering. And when the enemy begins to attack, we just begin to praise. We just begin to lift his name on high because we see ourselves as children of God worshiping the Lord. So as we look here, if I'm going to walk in wholeness, and I've changed this title, but I, it's not walking in wholeness, it's walking whole. That I've got to deal with the lies of the enemy. Anybody ever heard that old saying, you've got to deal with the knot in the snake's tail? You've got, you got to deal with that knot. You shall not surely die. You know, the enemy is full of knots because he's a knothead. He'll tell you you're not blessed, you're not accepted, you're not able, you're not happy, you're not healed, you're not worthy. Anytime and every time, it's always a not. It's always what you're not able to do. It's not, you're not going to make ends meet. You're not going to make it through this trial. You're not going to get through this furnace. You're not going to be healed. It is always that knot. And you've got to deal with that knot and say, oh, but yes, I know the one whom I have believed and confident that he is able to finish what he has started inside of me. See, we've got to abandon the old vision of myself. It means there's times, folks, that I've got I've to get rid of and stop seeing myself in that place that the enemy and circumstance wants to put me. So if I'm walking whole, I'm seeing through God's eyes and not mine. I was in prayer this week, and I'm probably not ready to preach this, but it's something that's just been rolling over in my spirit. Something that I read about Christ Jesus, how that he, while he walked on earth, had the ability to be in two places at one time. He was walking on the earth in this seen world, but he was also living in the unseen. And I got to thinking about that, and I got to realize I have dual residency. 
Because God has given the church the same ability that he gave himself. And I am a resident of the seen, but I'm also a resident of the unseen. I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm there. I, 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 I am and, I, and I'm not yet. I, I'm at a place in the Lord. I'm seated with Christ. How do I know that? Because I died with him and I rose with him and I'm seated with the Lord. So we have dual residency. Isn't that good? Moving on. I want you to look here. In the passage that we just read, how that they're here and the man has been laying in this condition for 38 years and the entire crowd is waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting on the angel to come down. They're waiting on the waters to be stirred. They're waiting for somebody to push them in there. They're waiting for someone to carry them in there. They're waiting. If I'm going to walk whole, I've got to stop waiting on what has already happened. I've got to stop waiting because the lie is this. The lie is a one-day mentality. Someday or one day, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be healthy, and I'm going to be whole. Now, you may be in a state right now, and your world may be wrecked and ruined, and you may be looking at all the fragmented, broken pieces of your heart and your life, and I understand that we have those situations. But what I'm saying to you is you are waiting on what God has already accomplished for you and I. And let me prove it to you as we look here to the Word. Notice, don't you love the Word? Have the very strategic in the description. Could have described the architecture of the building, but, but only to a, to a minute point. It could have described maybe the, the temperature of the day that day. Could have described... Uh, didn't even really go into great detail as to what feast it was, and most of them didn't even know what feast it was. It could have been Passover, Pentecost, or, or ingathering. They don't really know. They just know that there was a feast. But what we do know is that there is a pool, and that pool is located by the Sheep Gate. Now, the Sheep Gate may not mean anything to you and I, but it meant something to them. See, because the sheep gate is where they would bring the sacrificial lambs in. They would bring the sacrificial lambs in the sheep gate past the pool that would go for the sacrifice. There would be a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice. There was a 9 a.m. sacrifice and a 3 p.m. sacrifice. And when they were carried to the pool, they were laid there, and they would hear the nays and the bays of the, of the bays of the, of the sheep as they were coming past that pool, going to the temple in order to be sacrificed in the morning and in the evening. And this happened day in and day out and day in and day out. 
What they did not understand, what he might not have perceived in that moment, uh, is that the very Lamb of God that would take away all the sins of the world was speaking to him uh, and saying to him, the sacrifice uh, has already been made because I was sacrificed before the foundation of the earth, uh, but the realization of that is going to be in just a few months or moments, uh, and I'm going to be sacrificed for the entirety of all humanity, and now all the humanity is going to have the availability of wholeness in their life and every person that hears my voice and reads my word and hears the spirit of God they can walk not in wholeness but they can walk whole but see when we live in a state of mind of waiting on what has already been accomplished why were those sacrifices brought forth morning and evening, morning and evening, morning and evening? It's because the sin debt had not been satisfied. Because once the sin debt has been satisfied, there is no more need, according to the Word of God, for any more sacrifice. It's already been made. It's already been accomplished. I know that it is perplexing when you're looking for the realization of where you're at and where you really want to be. And this is not a message of condemnation to heap upon you because you have failed in some area of your life. This is bring you to revelation and understanding that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it is the will of God that you be made whole. But if I'm going to walk in wholeness, then I've got to first off abandon the old vision of self and I've got to accept the sacrifice. Accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, this is where many folks find themselves in a difficulty, a quandary, perplexed. Because we as human beings, we want to add to the sacrifice. We call that legalism. Or we want to take away from the sacrifice that's called liberalism. Let me tell you, both are ineffective. Because it's just Christ and Christ alone. It's just Him. Oh, I read the story of Jephthah today. I mean, the Lord had given him Jephthah, one of the judges. He had the, the, he had the battle, the promise, the position. He was born the son of a prostitute, was rejected by his brothers, and God told him and sent him out to bring a deliverance. And he said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to give you a sacrifice. First thing that comes out the door when I get back, if you will deliver me, then, Lord, it is yours. Already had the promise. Already had it made. He didn't need to do anything else. But now he felt the overwhelming need to give a sacrifice. What did he sacrifice? His lineage. Because his daughter came out. And so he didn't sacrifice her, but she never knew a man. So his, his line, his genealogy ended with her. Because he made a sacrifice when the sacrifice was already taken care of. How often do you and I forego our victories because we got to think we got to add something to what's already been done? We have victory in Christ already. I want you to notice here what the man says walking whole. That's what we're talking about walking whole. I've accepted the sacrifice. 
Jesus, I don't have to do anything else. You've already done it. And I promise you, this is a struggle that we as children of God face day in and day out. It is the ideology that we have through our fallen nature is that we have this thought process, if we will. Maybe it's our heritage, our habits, and our, and our history, but we have this ideology that we've got to add something, that God needs our help. And this whole sacrifice thing. But we got to earn what God has given us. That's not the case. And rest assured, I am not a liberalist. I don't believe that you take from the sacrifice of Christ. Jesus Christ did not set me free from the cage to leave me in the cage. Men, he didn't set me free from the cage so that I could stay there in bondage. He opened that door. He tore down the walls. And he said, get out. What we do see here. Here's a man who is by these waters. Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? And his response was this. I have no man to put me in the pool when the waters are stirred. Think about this for a minute. He didn't get to the pool by himself if he can't get in the pool by himself. Did you, under, did you hear that or my microphone skip? He didn't get to the pool by himself if he can't get in the pool by himself. Somebody had to bring him there. Somebody had to set him down there. Sit down there day in and day out. That was his routine. You get up. Where are you going today, Bob? I'm going to the pool. I'm going to the pool if you carry me. So he goes to the pool and now he's at the pool. And his whole hope is whether or not he could be the first in the pool. But his whole hope and his, his belief is that if he can get in that pool, then the first. But now he's making excuses. I have no one that will help me get in the pool. That preacher won't help me to obtain victory. That worship leader won't help me to, to sing the right song so that I can have big. That, that, that this one and that one, you could fill in the blanks. But if I am going to walk in wholeness, I have to accept the fact that I have the ability within me. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I'm saying to you what Jesus Christ did for one, he did for all. And he promises wholeness to one, he promises to everyone. Because he was the first man to walk the earth whole after Adam had fallen. And he wants you and I to walk whole. And he didn't, he gave all of us the measure of faith. He has given all of us. He didn't put our destiny in somebody else's hands. See, what you need is already in you if you're a child of God. If you're a child of God, yes, we will pray with you. Yes, I am not speaking against community. We need community. And there's strength in community. But let me tell you, your wholeness is your responsibility. You have the ability in you. The Lord told me years ago, I did not leave your destiny in someone else's hands. 
You have the ability within you to be everything I've called you to be. I said, Lord, that's going to be a long journey. He said, that's all right. We're going to get there because I'm already there. And I need you with walking with me. I'm going to speed up just a little bit. The lie that we battle and face is I can't do this. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What I understand is that in him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and I am complete in him. How many have ever reconciled your account and ever found the bank to be wrong? I've done it twice in my life. Two times in my life. I have reconciled my bank account and discovered there was an error on the side of the bank. I was happy that there was an error on the side of the bank because what I thought I had, I, 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 it was realized. But let me tell you <clears throat> what I have discovered is that whenever we go to heaven and we go to the unseen, what we discover is God is never, ever, never, never, never wrong. And what he's, he always has more in my account than I thought I had when I looked at my balance. There's always so much more blessing, so much more healing, so much more joy than in my account. And so what do I do? I try to reconcile heaven to me? No, I want to reconcile me to heaven and say, Lord, I want what you say that I have. Amen? Now, this is where it gets a little bit challenging because we have relationships that we deal with. So he asked the man, do you want to be made whole? And he says, oh, yeah. But, well, he didn't say, oh, yeah. He didn't say, oh, yeah. He didn't say anything other than the fact that somebody, he didn't have anybody to put him in the pool. And, he's, and then he says, like he's ever seen it, he said, as soon as it's stirred, somebody gets in my way. Let me tell you, the enemy, let me just take the, I don't even want to give the enemy credit. If you are breathing right now and sitting in this room, I know this may be debate for some of you, but let me tell you, you're living in the scene realm and you are in your best day and in your worst day, you are human. You are spirit and you are having a human experience. You're human. I'm human, you're human. We're part of the human race. And there are going to be people that will, you will perceive they're trying to get in the way of your victory. There's about three people that agree with me. But when you start to feel that joy, that hope, that power, that present, that, the, the, the things that God wants you to feel what he feels, nobody knows, experience life with you, let me tell you, somebody might just step in front of you. Somebody might just do something that just causes you, uh, your hackles to get up a little bit. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just move on, amen? Just understand people are people are people. Don't start demonizing them. 
they're full of the devil. They're, they're being used to the devil. But let me tell you this. Who will the devil use? The same ones God will use. People are just people. Things happen. But don't quit and give up because somebody got in your way. Because that's not the focus and that's not the point. God didn't leave your destiny in their hands. Walking whole. Since I abandoned the vision of my old self, I've, I've accepted the sacrifice of Christ. I realize the ability is in me. And no one, hear me, no one is in my way. No one is in your way to wholeness. No one. No one is going to stop you from wholeness if you choose Christ. You're going to need this. Believe me, you're going to need this. Because even the best person walking the earth is not always going to do everything just right all the time. And yes, that, that person you trusted in may turn on you. But under, those things happen. But the one who will never turn away from you is the one who loves you the most. And if you'll keep your eyes fixed on him, you will discover that no one is going to be able to get in your way of wholeness. Now, it's so amazing to me. I got four minutes and I got a 30 minutes of message. Just stay with me. We're going to go fast. Because we're dismissing next Wednesday night. We're not going to be here. I want you to notice this, what the Lord commanded him. And I just love the fact that he obeyed. He said, take up your bed and walk. So all of a sudden, the excuses went out the window. He just gets up. He said, take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and go. Now, that bed was his place of rest. He, he, the people that carried him down there every day, they would say, Bob, you bring, your, you bring your resting mat. I've got my resting mat. Let's lay it out right here. I'm going to lay down on that mat. I'm just calling his name Bob. If your name Bob... Take it as a compliment, not an insult. <laughs> Bob, what are you going to do now? I'm going to get up, and I'm going to take that resting mat with me. And everywhere I go, I'm going to have this mat of rest. And what, makes the, what made the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees, what made them mad? It's the fact that he was carrying his rest around with him. <laughs> what do you mean this is the Sabbath? We got all these rules and regulations. Jesus didn't come to violate or to anything in the law. He fulfilled the law. He just came to loose the Sabbath as it should be. And you're not supposed to be walking, following all these rules, calling that rest. No, you're supposed to carry rest everywhere you go. You're supposed to carry rest everywhere you go. We found out Sunday again what is rest. It is when the work has been complete. I don't don't have to work this thing up anymore I'm just victorious I don't have to go and get the feel goods on because I already feel good it's all me and me all around me I'm walking in my rest and I'm gonna stay at rest I'm not gonna it is to tell us it is finished there is no more need be done in order for the church to walk in the victory she's been called to walk in And there's nothing going to make the world any 
more angry than to see you at perfect peace. Amen. Thank you, brother. We're living in a world that is so rampant with anger. So rampant with anger. Yes, Lord. I'm going to save that last point for Sunday. It's a good one, too. I want to say it, but I'm not going to do it. Do it. Okay, we're skipping next week, so we're doubling this week. Okay. Why don't you look down at something? Look at verse 37. So there's a big dispute. There's a big dispute with the... Oh, Lord, I'm not even in the right place. Look, go with me. Mingle among yourself just a moment. In verse 12, they said, Then they asked, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now, it's a big, long discussion, and Jesus is he's talking to the, the Pharisees and those who know the law. Who trying to find everything that they can through the through the law and the, the law fulfiller is sitting right in front of them. So here in verse 37, back it up. Verse 31. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Now if you look in this passage in John, as Jesus is silencing the argument about his ability to lift this man up on the Sabbath day, to heal, to save, to set free, and deliver. <clears throat> a man that was bringing forth a case in the Jewish law his personal testimony would be inadmissible. It would, there's a Latin word, I-P-S-E-D-I-X-I-T. Ipsa Dixit. Literally means, because I said so. <laughs> Jesus was not drawing that card. But what he was saying is that let the lips of another praise you and not your own. But more than that, let the word out of the mouth of two to three witnesses, let it be established. He says, and you can study this out in John 5. He said, you can believe because of the fruits, the miracles. You can believe because John bore witness of me. You can believe because the Father spoke when John baptized me, and it wasn't just an echo in the clouds. It was my Father's voice thundering from the throne of grace. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. There we see that the laws and the scriptures, the very, he said, the ones, the one you've been looking for and what you're trying to find in the scriptures, it's pointing to me. So you've got John as the witness. 
witness. Let the every word be established. It's the Father who is witness. Let every word be established. It is the scriptures. Let every word be established in heaven and in earth. So what that tells me is I don't need to listen to what others say. I don't have to bear witness in myself. I don't have to brag to you about my accomplishments. I'm just going to let the Lord define who I am. I'm going to let the Lord tell me who I am. See, if I'm going to walk in wholeness, I've got to abandon the vision of my old self. If I'm going to walk in wholeness, then I've got to realize the ability is already in me. If I'm going to, if I, if I'm going to walk whole, then I've got to realize that everything that is needed has already been done. I don't, I'm not waiting on it. It's already accomplished. But now, what I'm, if I'm really going to walk in wholeness, I've got to stop listening to the lies and let only the truth say who I am. Do you want to be whole? Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your great grace. Right now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You're in this place. Just a few moments. I asked Terry Jones if she'll come in just a minute. She's going to share some things with you about some mission, mission trips that she's been on. But right now, if you're in this house and you are longing for wholeness, hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord, not this man, not your past. Listen to the Spirit. And He's saying to you right now, Jesus did all that for you, that you may be whole. If you're in this house, you say, Lord, I want to be whole. I want you to stand right where you're at. No matter who you are, no matter first time or the millionth time, Lord, I want to be whole. 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 Lord, I want it all. I want, Lord God, the peace and the joy and the rest and the happiness and the wholeness. And Lord, I don't want to crumble during the storm. I don't want to rest, oh Lord God. I want to be whole. I just want my heart to be mended. I want to be whole. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now. Let your spirit, Lord God, move across this building. Almighty God, I pray. Lord, that you will reach down right now. Begin to mend, Lord. Mend, Father. Lord, we want to be whole, body, soul, and spirit, Lord. We want to be whole, Lord God. 
Lord, we want to walk, God, in the realization. We know it's accomplished. We know it's complete. Lord, we have faith to believe that you are there at the right hand of the Father sitting, Lord God. And no more sacrifice be made. There's no more need of a morning and an evening sacrifice because you have taken care of it. But, Lord, our hearts cry tonight is that we would walk whole, that we would understand that we are dual residents. We're in this scene, and we live in the unseen. We commit. I want you to hear me, and I'm going to ask you to walk this altar out. Lord, we commit to listen to what you say about us and to refuse the lies of what is not that you have not said about us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated, Terry.